Welcome to a Healing Peace podcast. We strive to create a place where women can come together to talk, grow, be refreshed, and renewed as we navigate life's hurdles. Inside this podcast series, we discuss shaping our identity, where we provide tools for conquering life's waves. Let's dive in. Welcome back. As indicated in the first podcast of this series, we will have a recap show. And this is it. We will provide tools and tips to renew and refresh your spirits. Thus, when you listen to the highlight, it will reinforce what you've already learned. Let's get started. Paul's prayer sets the foundation for the remainder of the letter. He simply wanted believers to understand the Lord and by understanding, have the tools necessary to navigate life, as well as to be able to understand the remainder of his letter. Yes, Paul had some things to share. And you know what? What Paul prayed for applies to us too. The first tool in healing is to understand where we are, as well as knowing that God is right beside us, not only beside us, but in our inner being, wanting his light to shine through us. Question, how are you doing with the challenge to see yourself through the eyes of the Lord? I know my friend wanted me to see myself through God's eyes, to help me stop thinking so negatively about myself and being consumed with what I consider are my shortcomings. But what happens when I'm not so negative? Well, I finally have the motivation to mature and grow. In fact, I wanna be healthier. I wanna have a more vibrant life. And not being consumed with negativity helps me to achieve those things. And as you mature, remember that your gifts and calling never change. Thus, take the leap of faith to grow in new areas of your life. Ladies, I hope you caught a few essentials for having victory over depression. First, prayer. Prayer is key. Don't be afraid to ask God for help. You know what? He's actually in the helping business. He has a great track record. Two, find support. No longer live in darkness, isolated and alone. But you know what? The support should pull you forward and not backwards. Find a therapist. There's nothing wrong with getting more tools to help yourself live healthier and happier lives. Hey, who doesn't want to be healthy and happy? Third, love yourself. That's why it's so important to do the challenge, to see yourself through the eyes of God. 
And one way that he sees you is that he loves you. You are loved by him. And by doing that, extend grace to yourself. Sometimes it's so easy to get bombarded with those negative thoughts, that critical attitude. And sometimes we just need to say, you know what? I'm okay. Fourth, reading. To make a shift is so important to have a mind change. To do that, sometimes we need additional resources, different ideas to combat our original way of dark thinking. In fact, on thehealingpeace.com, we have listed the two books shared in her story. Go check it out. And ladies, I'm excited for our next topic, peace. Join us next time. Hi, Mike. So far, what a powerful prayer, right? You're like, whoa, Paul, you were doing a lot. But he keeps going. And in verse 19, he talks about God's power. And he declares the measureless greatness of his power in us who believe according to the working power of his might. And ladies, there's another scripture that says his power works mightily in me. Therefore, since his power is working mightily in me, then be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. <laughs> what a way to pray for someone. In God, his power works in me. And I think for a moment, because sometimes I get fixated on not being successful enough or considering myself a failure. You know, there's another passage in 2 Corinthians 12 where Paul is reflecting over his weakness. See, we all have stuff, right? And in his weakness, he noted that God's power is made perfect in his weakness. In a previous podcast, I talked about failing miserably at work. You see a constant thing, failure, failure. That's not who God is in me. It, nevertheless, my boss, she dials on drugs. I was crying, carrying on. But God used that time in my life to draw me closer to him. He put me in a place where I had to cry out to him by being strengthened in my faith. And he also placed faithful women, women, sorry, in my path to support me. Even though I considered myself weak, God worked powerfully within me. Ladies, sometimes we may think we cannot do it. But know that we serve a faithful and powerful God who will work despite our circumstances. God is faithful. But Paul, he concludes his prayer in verses 20 to 23 by bringing our attention back to Jesus. Jesus has all authority and is head over everything, including the church. This climax is the foundation for believers to experience victory over darkness, deliverance from our sins, and strength in God's mighty power. 
eyes that see understands God's presence in every circumstance. With me and those trees, I failed to see what was around me. But God does not want to be like this in our lives, overlooked, minuscule. He wants to know, he wants us to know that he is visible, he is lush, and he is a canopy. When we allow God to take anchor in our hearts, we allow him to provide us with understanding. Take courage. Keep your eyes fixed on him and continue in the hope of your calling. Lastly, ladies, take the journey with me. Pray to see yourself through the eyes of him. I'm just starting this journey, but I'm excited to see what God reveals. Again, he wants me to understand him. And when I'm understanding him, I have the privilege to understand the goodness of myself in return. Highlight. Then one day, while having another of my daily depression prayer time, I thought, if Jesus can raise the dead, why can't he heal me? So at that moment, I directed my prayer to Jesus. It was simple, vulnerable, desperate prayer. Jesus, heal me. I know you can raise the dead, so this is not that hard for you. You may think it can't be that simple, but that was, in fact, the beginning of my journey of healing. For sure, it was not instantaneous like his miracles in the Gospels. I did not know how Jesus would do it, but I prayed and I believed, so I waited. First, he sent a mature single sister in Christ who told me about a Celebrate Recovery program. The sister shared with me how she overcame some deep insecurities in her life through the CR program at this church. I started going to the Friday meetings. It consisted of 30 minutes of nothing but praising God with our voices. Then a leader would use the 12-step principles and open up the scriptures to affirm how God works in our lives. The other half of the hour, we broke up into small groups where we had the opportunity to share about our personal struggles and victories. Given the hurt I experienced in my church for the times I've been vulnerable and open about my thoughts and feelings, I was afraid that this group will also label me as always critical and negative. It took attending a few minute meetings before I was willing to open up to the women in the group. The participants came from different Christian denominations and were not members of the church I belonged to. At first, it was strange for me to sit in a circle with women who were confessing their weekly struggle with addiction, fits of rage, anxiety, marital problems, and not hear a single word of judgment from any participants. Eventually, this group became my safe place where I could share my thoughts and feelings without judgment and receive God's grace. 
Around this time, I also found a professional counselor with a Christian background. I had seen professional counselors at various times throughout my 10 years of being depressed with varying results. I sought help for childhood trauma, primarily abandonment and physical and emotional abuse. I learned through various conversations with professional counselors and reading books like Henry Cloud and John Thompson's Boundaries. One day I had an epiphany about the feelings of shame that I carried with me. I realized my belief that I'm a failure because I'm not married and have not accomplished my life goals has led to my depression. I brought this up with my counselor at my next appointment. When she heard me bring up shame, her face lit up with a smile. She picked up a book from her desk. Funny you bring that up. I just ordered this book by Bryn Brown on the very topic of shame. I ordered the book, Daring Greatly, that same day and started to read about shame. Midstream, as Bryn Brown described how judgment makes us fear vulnerability and cause depression, I realized my biggest critic and the sole source of my deep shame was myself. You see, I took over the role of the adults in my life who criticized me, rejected me, and abandoned me when I was a child. At that moment of realization, I made a decision to accept myself without judgment, to love myself. I started looking up scriptures to help me with my resolution. Love your neighbor as yourself. I was stunned when I read Jesus' reminder of the second of the two greatest commandments. This was the first time the phrase, as yourself, jumped out from my reading of this all too familiar verse. I was always taught to deny myself, to love God and others. In fact, among my Christian friends and mentors, I learned that it's selfish to love myself. Yet, here it is in the Bible, said by no other than Jesus himself. I need to love myself. In fact, what it implies is that my reference for loving others is my love for myself. How could I have missed that? How could my fellow Christian friends have misinterpreted the scriptures? I realized that I cannot truly love others until I have first loved myself. I realized I was sinning against God when I criticized myself, his creation. I used the analogy of a masterpiece. I wouldn't dare go to the Louvre and criticize how da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa. Is the Mona Lisa perfect? Not if you ask da Vinci. But the rest of us mortals have nothing but awe when we behold his masterpiece. Yet, I never thought twice of criticizing God's masterpiece. Me. I resolved to learn to love myself 
the way God loved me. Zephaniah 3, verse 17 became my favorite scripture. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. This verse made me see God as my knight in shining armor, always ready to protect me, defend me, and woo me. He doesn't think I'm always negative and critical. He's not judging me, rebuking me for being faithless, selfish, or thinking I'm desperate. He delights in all of me, even my flaws, insecurities, and failures. He desires me. Through Bren Brown's book, I also stopped comparing myself with others. I learned that secrecy, my belief that I'm not loved because I don't have what others have, is a lie from Satan. I started praying every morning for God to open my eyes to see how much he loves me. Slowly, I start seeing the daily blessings. Not just the realization that I woke up to live another day kind of blessing, but special things that God would do in my life on a daily basis. In Psalm 5, David prayed in the morning and waited expectantly for God to answer his prayer throughout the day. It became something I looked forward to each day, this blessing and expression of love God had in store for me. Sometimes it was something big, like the day I got a hefty bonus at work. Sometimes it's small, but still special. Like when I got a call from my best friend who lived on the opposite coast to simply let me know how much she loves me. And every night, I listed three things I'm grateful for that day. Bryn Brown called them daily gratitudes. Slowly, I start seeing how abundant my life truly is. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I never dream that my life can be other than in the valley of the shadow of death. Yet, here I am writing about my journey to joy, a journey that started with a simple, desperate prayer to the one who can heal me. Dear listener, if you are suffering from depression, I pray that you too will find healing from Jesus.